Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity said, as long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people, and of course, as long as you're looking down, you cannot see that is above you. As usual, C.S. Lewis's words give us such a pithy summary of a key principle. In this case, the key principle embodied in today's gospel passage, where Jesus is also trying to get the same message across to his listeners. Indeed, the passage starts by telling us that he is specifically telling this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Those to whom he, were, he was telling this passage were people who were looking down. As we already know from the many times we've discussed these sorts of things, Jesus is primarily directing his words at the Pharisees, and thus it should be a little wonder that he chooses a Pharisee as the antagonist of his story, who thanks God not for what he is, but for what he is not, that he is not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like the man standing next to him, the publican, this tax collector. This Pharisee is trying to look up by looking down. It's not a recipe for success. And then the Pharisee turns to talking about what he does, fasting and giving tithes. Now, is Jesus here saying that fasting and giving tithes is bad? Certainly not. We know that Jesus commands us to do those very things, to fast and to give charitably. However, in this context, these things are not benefiting the Pharisee. Why? Several reasons. First, we can see that they are a point of pride. And that leads to the second, that they aren't transforming his heart. If they were, then the Pharisee would not be putting down his neighbor as he prays. And if this is how he prays, imagine what he's like when he isn't in the temple. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, all commanded for us to participate in by Jesus Christ our Lord, are meant to turn us toward love of God and love of neighbor. But because this Pharisee's heart is not in the right place, they're empty actions. We can say he's just going through the motions because all of his actions are turned inward. In fact, it sort of says like he's praying to himself, right? If you listen carefully to how it's worded. He's not really praying to God, he's talking to himself. And he says, thank you God that I am not. I do this, I do that. And in our epistle, though, St. Paul shows us how to boast, as he does in many other places. But today, speaking with the Corinthians, he says that I labored more abundantly than they are. Is this prideful? Well, no, because St. Paul is not trying to puff himself up before God and men. Yes, he needs to firmly establish to the Corinthians that he should be trusted as a rightful apostle because they were questioning this. But one key distinctive between the way St. Paul and the Pharisee talk in, this, in the parable is that St. Paul realizes and expresses that what he gives to others comes from God. He says, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I but the grace of God which was within me. We see no hint of that in the Pharisee. Moreover, St. Paul's labor is not for making him feel better, 
but is directed at the salvation of the Corinthians and the others to whom he preaches. He isn't afraid to share the spotlight as long as the Corinthians believe what they should. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, by which you are saved, how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. You can hear what some believe to be the earliest form of the creed, a creedal statement there that was obviously already in circulation amongst the early Christians. As Paul said, he got it from someone else. And then, which was attested to by the apostles and 500 and then James and all the 70 apostles and then finally St. Paul. St. Paul is also not afraid to share the limelight and therefore he says, whether it were I or they, so we preach and so you believe. So yes, we have to pray, we have to fast, and we have to be charitable. We must do stuff, but the doing must be directed outward, and the source of energy should be a heart transformed by the Holy Spirit working within us. But the Pharisee does stuff and directs it inward to puff himself up. In contrast, we see the publican, a tax collector. He's also looking down, not at others, not at things. It says he would not lift so much up his eyes unto heaven. He smote his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. In the case of the publican, we see humility. Humility is an action that is turned inward, but it feeds the heart and lifts it up, ultimately so that we can gaze upon God. For Jesus himself concludes by saying that everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. By directing humility into our hearts, we realize that we are so low that we can only look up. And when we do look up, then we can see our neighbor and God. Some feel that, church, that God, maybe the church too, is harsh, always calling out our sins. That is not the story of the Bible. When one reads more carefully, one sees that God doesn't call out our sins because he's better than us or to make us feel bad. In fact, uh, I always like the example of the Garden of Eden, where God, God calls out our sins not, not because he's trying to punish us or make us feel bad, but because he knows what will happen if we ignore them. In the Garden of Eden, God said that if we ate of the tree of good and evil, that we would die. It doesn't say that God said if we ate of the tree of good and evil that he would kill us. God doesn't say, oh, that John is so hard to deal with. I wish he was more like Alex. No, God is not our accuser. God's not our accuser. Who is our accuser? Satan, right? The devil. In fact, that's one of the meanings of Satan, accuser. Satan is our accuser. But when we try to take him on by ourselves, we will fail. It is like being your own lawyer. That's usually a bad idea, and especially a bad idea when it comes to the great deceiver. Instead, we have our lawyer, our advocate, the Holy Spirit, right? You remember that the word paraclete has this legal meaning of being a legal advocate for someone, a solicitor. So we need to be smart enough, saved enough, to know that it's time to shut up and let God do the talking. Humility is a way we access that. When we listen to what Satan is saying, he may be a liar, but he uses the truth too. And one of the truths that he uses is that we are indeed sinners. And Satan makes us try to feel bad about it, not God. 
Satan makes us feel shame. He tries to make us cover up our sins, but we follow Christ. What did Christ do? Christ took our sins and put them up on the cross for all to see, that cross. And he did something about it. He didn't have us cover them up. He covered them up with his blood. He defeated sin's consequence, death. God doesn't sit on his high place and say, you bad, evil, worthless people. That's God. That's Satan talking. God says you are good, very good. Yes, you broke yourself doing something stupid, and you still are, but I love you anyway. And not only that, I'm going to fix you. Not the way the doctor men, men makes a broken bone better and that it heals but isn't quite the same. No, I'm going to restore you to what you were before and then bring you to a place that's even more exalted, to my kingdom, to my marriage feast, to my very presence. To get there, you have to be humble. And if you're anything like me, you probably find it hard to be humble. Maybe you aren't even sure what it looks like. And I feel like that sometimes. So right now, I want you to listen carefully. I want you to listen to the words of Mother Teresa, who I hope to many is an icon of humility in our modern world. I want you to listen as I read her words and I want you to pick a couple of these ways that she mentions to be humble and work on them. Here's Mother Teresa from her book, The Joy of Loving, A Guide to Daily Living. She says, there are the few ways we can, here are a few ways that we can practice humility. To speak as little as possible of oneself, to mind one's own business, not to want to manage other people's affairs, to avoid curiosity, to accept contradictions and correction cheerfully, to pass over the mistakes of others, to accept insults and injuries, to accept being slighted, forgotten, and disliked, to be kind and gentle, even under provocation, never to stand on one's dignity, and to choose always the hardest. That sounds like how I act every day. Let's hear it again in case you didn't find a couple to focus on during your first read-through. To speak as little as possible of oneself. Pick a couple of these. To mind one's own business. Not to want to manage other people's affairs. To avoid curiosity. To accept contradictions and correction cheerfully. To pass over the mistakes of others. To accept insults and injuries. To accept being slighted, forgotten, and disliked. To be kind and gentle, even under provocation never to stand on one's dignity and to choose always the hardest. Okay, I hope you found a couple of things in there to make a commitment in your heart to do those things this week and the coming weeks and to be a little bit more humble. Yes, my brothers and sisters in Christ, let us commit ourselves to humility. And it's our God who shows us the way. Our God doesn't just look down from his throne, he comes down from his throne so that he can tell us himself not to be afraid, so that he can defeat our sins and our deaths, so that he can raise up our eyes to heaven, and so that he can raise us up to be with him now and in the age to come. If God is not afraid of humility, when he has everything, made everything, but how can we, brothers and sisters, his creatures, not embrace humility fully? Stop looking down on others and on things. Start looking at yourself. Compare yourself to God and not your neighbor. And when you do that, you and, and do it with our Lord, 
with our Lord in humility, then you will start to see yourself for who you really are. And when you can outdo our Lord Jesus Christ in humility, when you outdo him in love, outdo him in sinlessness, then, which will never happen, and only then will you have something to brag about. So until then, arouse the Holy Spirit to defend you by minding your own business, accepting insults and injuries, slights being disliked, being forgotten, whether those things come directly from Satan or from your neighbor. And instead, find the truth in them and use that to impassion and empower God within you to raise up your eyes to God, raise your neighbor to God, and let God carry you up into his kingdom. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.